All right, here we are with uh, the second installment of everybody's favorite podcast, Shut Up Stein, and I'm your boy, Stein. And joining with me is, of course, my co-host, Kana Young. Kana, say hello to the people. How's it going, everyone? Stein, I hope you get Lyme's disease. Kana, I need you to come closer to the microphone. There we go. Today, we got a very special guest. Um, some would rank him number one as the... Uh, current wiffle ball players go others would probably rank him close and uh i'm of course talking about uh mr uh jordan jumpman robles jordan say hi to the people at home well, how you doing you know i'm uh, i'm a little bit of a heater here in atlantic city right now just hit two points in a row banged uh some numbers as well and uh go packers uh food man you chose wrong don't go against the boys yeah, so uh, that, that's one interesting thing about this, uh, this week's edition. Uh, I'm actually coming to you in person with the, with the guesting question, which is not normally how we do things because I live in Utah. Now, that said, last week we talked about um, what we were going to discuss this time, and that is, of course, simplicity. So we're going to start by talking about one of the most simple, basic things that I could possibly think about, um, hitting ball and winning going. So, um, Jordan, let's start off nice and slow and nice and easy. What do you think is one thing that a young hitter could do, one simple thing that a young hitter could do to take his hitting game to the next level? I would say uh, take pitches. I feel like so many times guys try to make up their mind before the pitch is thrown, especially when uh, things aren't going your way at the plate. Um, you kind of commit before the pitch is even thrown, which is a terrible mindset. That's something you'd never do in baseball. So I'd say seeing pitches, getting your timing, um, going up to the plate with a, with a game plan, knowing like I've seen him throw pitch A and B in certain counts. So if you get in those counts, you know what to look for. And if you get it, uh, capitalize on it. You know, it's the thinking man's game, I would say. So basically, stop guessing. Yeah, you, you got to look at uh, like sequences. Uh, me being a pitcher myself, I tend to fall into certain sequences. But, um, you know, if you pay attention in the on-deck circle and when you're not in the box, I'd say that's more important. And, and that's what's going to make the difference in your at-bat. Could be uh, focusing on tendencies and things like that. Sure, sure. Uh, Jordan, I mean, you've turned into a very high-quality hitter, but that was not originally what you were known for, right? You were originally known as a guy who come in and rocket fire in a big situation. Yep, yep, yep. And you're still known as that guy. So when it comes to your career, I mean, listen, what are we coming on? Year 11, year 12? Um, I started main tournaments with Fest 2010, so going on year 10. Coming up on year 10, and yeah. the arm is Decade. yet the arm is yet to break down. Yeah. Uh, you've had years where it was a little slower, and you've had years where it was a little harder, but yeah, it was pushed at certain points this year. It was pushed at sure. certain yeah, points yeah, this you know. year. It's bent, but it's never broken. So, what's never. one simple thing you would tell a young pitcher to make sure that they don't destroy their arm prior to age? I don't know. Point. Yeah. Uh, physical aspects, I would say definitely throwing a baseball before you pitch wiffle ball. It helped me a lot with recovery, and also it's just getting those muscles loose, and it's throwing a heavier weight so it's activating a lot more muscles than a plastic weightless wiffle ball would. Mentally, I would say don't be a bitch. I mean, you're gonna have arm pain, you're gonna have elbow pain, that's gonna happen. No one's gonna go out every start and be 100%, but uh, knowing when to suck it up and, and when to grab your, your cojones or your nuts and um, perform for your team, I'd say that, that's, that's one aspect. You're gonna have pain, but you gotta fight through it. Sure, sure, sure. Now. In the name of talking about simplicity, we, we've we've watched the game of whiffs evolve oh, yeah. from 
something that was extremely simple. I mean, if you go all the way back, it starts with our childhoods, right? Where we just, mm-hmm. you know, throw ball, hit ball. Right. And then, of course, we all at some point find out that there's competitive whips, and then you move on to better and better competition. In the name of simplicity, right? We want things to be simple, right? Things yeah. we don't want in a whip tournament. We don't want long weights. Uh, we don't want, you know, overextensive rules that micromanage things. We don't want, I mean, some people want 20 inning games and they're sick. Or yeah. wacky but formats. Yeah, we don't, we don't want, you know, wackiness. We want to keep things simple. Don't want an umpire. That's a whole world of problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah so again, you don't want an umpire. Especially someone who doesn't play or knows exactly the game. Exactly. Or invested in any way. Yeah. So one, exactly. yep. one less thing volunteered yeah. to get in the way. So we got to keep um, things simple. What's... The simplest tournament you've ever played in? Um, I mean, one that we talked about prior to the podcast, I'd say uh, the Summer Showdown Wiffle Fest in Trenton, uh, NJWA by Mike Palanzar. You had a pie-shaped field, 4-3 count, and uh, if you hit the ball over the fence more than the other guys, you had a better chance of winning the game. And uh, it was very simple. You know, was nothing, no special rules, no crazy base running things. If there was two outs and you hit a double, that cleared the bases. Um, everything else was pretty standard. Um, it was very easy, and so many teams would would come to that, and the days wouldn't take forever because it just ran so smoothly because the rules were so simple. I would say. And I believe that's where all three of us got our fast pitch wiffle ball tournament start. Yep, yep, yep. That was my debut. Yeah. 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 That was my debut. I think I was twelve. You were probably I don't know, but you probably looked twelve. I was eighteen. Jordan was better than you when he was probably six. Oh, so. 16. And there used to be 80 teams at those tournaments. It was crazy. It was unreal. There'd be 20 fields just set up down yeah. a line, down huge, a huge, field. huge fields. Pretty full much of a driving fields. range full. Yep. full so field. okay, now let's get to the hard stuff. What happened to uh, to Trenton? What happened? Um, well, for one, if you step foot outside of uh, the fields, there's a good chance you could get shot with a straight bullet or stabbed. So I would say. Not the best area to run a tournament. Stop also, uh, is a very, very bad street. Yeah, very, very, bad, very street. bad. The payout was a little fugazi. Um, me winning the 2013 Wiffle Fest tournament, and there being about 30, 35 teams, and that was a down year. 30 to 35 teams being a down year. Um, you is think 30 teams? Played? 600 bucks yeah. between was, five was, of us. That was only a 16-team tournament. It was. It was only 16. And every yeah. team made single elimination. And so, we got 600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we each won with 125. Yep. 100 yeah, 100 team, right? 125, yep. 25 a piece. That's 1600, I right? Want my stack. He hasn't bought equipment right. because he's used it every year prior. The, the fields were donated to him for free. So when the winning team gets paid out 500, right? Uh, five to six hundred. Yeah, that, yeah that, that was a sixteen team. Tw- Usually, uh, for the pro division in the older tournaments, yeah. it'd be closer to a thousand. I, mean, I think. Think about that payout. He's walking away with 70 percent of uh, all the money being put into that tournament. Yeah. So that's especially for a tournament right. where you're not going to play as many games because there's only sixteen yeah, teams in the it's playoffs. Just, it's less rounds. It's a lo- little lower quality. So yeah, you, know, you expect a little. I more. mean, you could you could say super teams could have ruined that tournament, but I mean, there was no repeat champions from what I remember. Um, so I think swingers yeah. might have maybe, but like maybe yeah, back in the day. The guys also won a national championship. Yeah, good team. So yeah. I'm Legend. glad I'm glad you brought up uh, super teams because I would say that super teams didn't entirely kill that tournament, but I would say they helped. And I remember the year that ah! uh, I'm gonna cut you off. Oh, okay. all right, hold oh, up, boy, you oh, got boy. your 30 seconds. Yeah. All so, right, go ahead. What Stein is about to say is that in some way, probably super teams affected the game, or maybe scared some people away. But at the end of the day, 
Guys are gonna play who they wanna play with. You can't have a rating system and expect everyone to fucking show up and get their shit together when they're playing with guys they don't wanna play with. Especially once your team starts losing games and in a season that you're signed up for. It just sucks. It's tough to commit to that. Also, if you're scared of super teams, then don't play the game. There's no such thing as super teams anyway, but don't play the game if you're scared to play guys who are more talented. Because a lot of times the guys who are more talented are just having to be the guys who play a lot more. And why would you play with guys who don't play every weekend when you can yep. and compete at a higher level? It they doesn't make any time. sense. If my, if my arm's gonna be dead in six years, why would I Why would I use it playing with people who aren't gonna like help me win now? All right, Connor, that's your 30 seconds. Well, I'm gonna, I use I'm 60. Gonna, well, I'm gonna use my 30 seconds in response Fine. to that, so. 20. Sure. 20, sure. So what I would say to that is, I think there's a lot of guys who don't care. There's still a ton of guys who show up and they... Yeah, and they, I respect that. I, 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 I don't care. You don't, wow. I'm, I'm still interrupting. Wow, you're still interrupting. Wow. Yeah. Violating the rules it doesn't matter. No, I and I respect that. I mean, I, I haven't won a title. I haven't even gotten close, but I still show up every time knowing there's a, only one team's going to walk away. That's how it's going to be regardless. Yeah. You gotta, you're not going to win the game if you don't play. Yep. That Especially is, in Texas. You never know where arms are going to be at on Sunday. Someone can get hot and you here's can make the thing. a run here's the goddamn thing. tournament. Let me, let me get my 30 seconds. Here's the you thing. Have the guys at Texas, those guys, they're coming to play. With Texas, that should be you play with who you want to play mm -hmm. with. You show up and you yep, yep. kick the other team in the balls. Mm -hmm. Amateur tournaments are different. Amateur tournaments thrive what, because... What is an amateur tournament? I would consider Wiffle Fest and Summer Showdown both amateur tournaments, and they thrived because of how many amateurs showed up. Mm -hmm. But when you've got a situation where you've got these pros who have been to the tournament before and say, oh, this is easy money, let's just take it down together. They show up, they take it down together. The three of us were part of a team like that. Mm, yeah. Um, and you enter into a situation where now you've got these guys, they don't do this all that often. They're, they're coming out here to have fun. They say, well, why would I participate if I never even have a shot? at making it even into like the elite eight or anything like that forget winning the tournament yeah that's how you lose those guys so you gotta you gotta rely on the, the dudes who are teaming up like that to be respectful i mean you could have that mentality i mean the mentality that i personally have is if i get beat fuck those guys i want to fucking beat them so I'm gonna do whatever I can to improve, make the adjustments because that loss is gonna stick with me. It's gonna burn in my soul. I'm gonna try and get better, try and find people that work better with me so I can beat the team that beat me, you know? Like, there was a time from 2012 to 2014, I wasn't winning all these tournaments, but I stuck with it. I played anywhere I could to get better. And now, I mean, that's paying off all those years losing in the finals. Now I'm winning the finals a lot more, but I put the time in. I didn't just say, I don't think I can beat these guys. I think I can beat any motherfucker that I play against. I don't care who they are. So you need to have a better mindset. Uh, grab your balls, play whiffs, lace them up. Yeah. I think, I think also, wait, now I'm touching on the, I want to touch on the uh, NJWA thing, the that tournament, that style with the dying. I think also with Wiffle Up and that dying, it took away that kind of style of play where guys who weren't maybe as high caliber of players mm -hmm. as some of the yeah. Golden State guys or other guys could compete because the mound was closer. Guys were throwing different pitches a lot of times, too. You'd see a clean ball, and then the next game you'd see a ball rubbed on cement, and mm -hmm, then you'd see mm -hmm. a knife ball from, like, D-Wag or someone. You'd be like, what the hell is going on? Like, every different game. And the mound's closed, so, like, you never know. Yeah. So it was just a different style. I think it was, it was like a feeder, you know what I mean? It was like, you find the guys who really are serious about it through those tournaments, and then they end up playing Golden Stick, like guys like us. That's, right. like, that's what happened literally with all three Right, there's players. meant to be levels to it, right? Exactly. There's levels. Right. Wiffle Up used to be a really big public tournament. NJWA was a really big public tournament. And then you had leagues like Golden Stick, and then eventually, like, Palisade 
Champions, MAW, like yep. more exclusive yeah. leagues that are for lifers. Mm -hmm. But right now, the community is almost entirely made up of lifers, and it's it's good to have lifers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Jordan, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. What do you think is something simple that the community could not any one league, the community? What's something simple the community could do to get some of these non-lifers to show up? Um, I may maybe offer a certain like promo where if a new rookie team that's never played before if they win the tournament they get a bigger prize pool um someone tried that yeah something along those lines i mean i i don't know it, it comes down to i feel like you, you got you got to want to play you got to want to get better and invest time in it um what's the secret of the answer honestly i have no idea yeah. it's you know you got to have a little bit of money to travel a little bit more money to pay for the the fees and, and the average wiffle ball player is not the most intelligent or maybe financially responsible so that's a it could be a problem getting new people to the fields i'd say Never i'd say mind. working with people like i mean yeah maw knows that there's some teams with kids that are in high school and and they don't hound them on money they i'm sure mm -hmm. they make a payment plan but they work with those guys they're not just cutthroat like, well, if you don't pay me $300, you can't play. Like for a high school kid, a college kid, $300 is basically a million dollars. It's tough. So I would say as a tournament director, trying to work with people, but at the same token, then you can let guys burn you and not pay at all. So it's it's a double-edged sword. It's it's a tough subject. It's probably why we're in the situation we're in and going. And it also like shows those kids like you're invested in them. You know exactly. what I mean? Like if you look at yeah. what the cooks do for Ridley Park, like they're so yeah. invested in those kids. Like exactly. they following well. me. Exactly. And like they've showed up to those fields for our games before. Yeah. Like they've brought fences down in a U-Haul truck from Maryland up to Philadelphia. Like yep. that kind of stuff lets those guys know like how like the, that they yeah, mean a lot to us. Yeah, they're valued. So they're 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 lifers. They're never gonna yeah, not exactly. have a team at Mid-Atlantic Whippleball and there's never gonna not be guys wanting to play in Ridley. Yeah, it's a good collaboration, you know, like mm -hmm. that's an, a good example of leagues working together. Now Ridley yep. Park and MAW have a great connection. They can yep. co-host tournaments. If there's a new Ridley team, the Ridley guys say, hey, why don't you try MAW? Now MAW gets another team. And now also, because, like speaking on Unity and like leagues working together, now also it's looking like there's gonna be uh, events in Albany, yep, working AWA, with AWA, yeah. and also with uh, Bob Laundry, who's actually here in the yeah, room. GSW Bob, if you'd like to say hi. Cool. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. I mean, Angry boy. Angry boy. But yeah, uh, so that's also a big thing, because then, then just going from getting that region of the Maryland, the PA, some New York guys, now you're now you're pulling more of those New York guys. Now maybe since they're like the Long Island guy, that's a whole, whole, whole other crop of guys now that we're going up to Albany, that could potentially be the younger Massachusetts guys or the veteran Massachusetts guys or like the guys like Danny Haverty or, or Jimmy Flynn, guy, Mike Tui, just guys like that. You know, having more teams like that competing for points, all playing against each other, it's just yeah. so good for the game. And there's so much more younger guys than everyone realizes. Yep. So I think, I think you guys just answered. I know you said you didn't have to answer the question, but I think you answered the question. What we need is people in power working together. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think about that. Mid Atlantic now is just like from upstate New York down to all the way where we are. Maryland. So yeah. now it's like, think about that. If everything came together like that you in certain mass, parts, and yeah, I'm literally a map of just fucking states coming together like that, yeah. dude. It could happen. For that's, I what, think, that's what it used to be. I think in order for that, I think in order unreal. for that to happen, we need big names involved, and not yeah. that not that the cooks but aren't big names. No, not that not that like, there's I not. Mean, we went to the NWA. No, but you need a, you need a, you need a sponsor. You need the right people yeah. heading it, and then you need the sponsors. You got people. You need people to participate. Like for example, MAW sent a team to the NWA tournament to promote the game to maybe get some NWA teams. You see, hey, we tried your style, and we're gonna continue to play your style. Why don't you give our our style a try? Come to our tournaments, 
and that's a good connection. Now you have more, you're networking, you have another region, another league that they could potentially give you, you suck, more players, man. more teams, which is only going to benefit the game. But, I mean, you think our intentions going to the NWA tournament was to promote the game, and now we have nothing but burner accounts, talking shit, and what's the point of that? You know, like, we didn't say anything negative, but I still don't say anything negative about NWA tournament. It was a fun time. Was it different? Yeah, but it was enjoyable. Every format's fun in their own regard. But all these burner accounts and that, that's that's weak sauce. That's scumbag shit. And it's fracturing the community and that's not going to help us in any way. So I think we've reached a natural stopping point here because... We've also lost complete control. Yeah, quite frankly, quite awesome, frankly. where we want to go every Yeah, time. things, are, things are starting to fall apart. Uh-huh. So uh, just, to, just to wrap up, one simple way in which we could help the community is to get the people in charge talking to each other and working together, sort of like some sort of whiff parliament where you've got guys giving input and trying to make the doy better. And uh, folks, if you heard that at home, that's the sound of Bob Longeru complaining, which means that we are out of time. Like to give a shout out to MLW, Kyle Schultz, all all that whole crew. They ran a tournament yesterday in Boston. They had 21 teams in uh, the 15 up division, and I think like 20 in the 15 and under as well. Ran very smoothly, very friendly group, and um, they interviewed us. They were asking us to show certain pitches. Just kind of like introducing us to their audience, which is something they didn't need to do. You know, those guys have 100,000 followers. They're very successful on YouTube. So for them to, to reach out and want to support us, that's that says a lot about them. You know, they didn't need to do that, but it's very appreciated. And that's good for the game. So yeah, um, good for the game. They definitely have a lot of respect for yes, what we do out here as, as vice versa. We do for them. Support what MLW. they built on YouTube is crazy. You know? All right. They definitely have respect for the... All right, folks. Well, we're going to sign off for today. Next time, we're going to have a very special guest from the southern part of this country. And we're going to be talking about something that both Connor and Jordan can relate to, which is rankings. But until then, oh, I'll see you around. Eat this, shit, Stein. Yeah, this is Shut Up, Stein. Fuck ISIS. Dead ass.